0: We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio. WPHT. WPHTHD
1: WOGL HD3 Philadelphia. Radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your host. for the- I am very good, Mark. Thank you. And you? I'm very, very good. And we're excited to be here every Sunday morning, nine o'clock on Talk Radio twelve ten, talking to our audience about real estate. Since we're the only people, I think, doing it. If you want to ask us a question or you have a any kind of need in commercial, residential, mortgages, give me a call. Us a call. My number is two six seven two six six fifty five oh one. What's your number, Dean?
2: My number is 609-605-7153.
1: And we're here every week for 11 years just to keep you informed, keep you up to date with what's happening in real estate, because I think we're the only media covering it. And you can listen to this show and past shows at goodnewsinrealestate.com and also at 1210's webpage. So what's coming up today?
2: Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have our market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A.
1: Yep.
2: We have Mark's funny story.
1: Got one for you.
2: And I have a little comment before you make your funny story from a listener. Uh. Um, (laughs) We also have our mortgage mom topic.
1: Which is what?
2: Fraud protection during COVID-19 pandemic. Serious stuff going on.
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on there. That's a good topic.
2: Mark, we also have our questions. Is paying 6% to sell a home required? Next question is, do discount agents provide the same service as more expensive
3: agents.
2: (laughs) The next question is, why is my home's assessed value different than the market value?
3: That's a good one.
2: Next question is, how can I figure out how much my home is worth?
1: It's Uncle Harry. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Mark, we also have our topic of the day, essential real estate investing tips from successful investors.
1: Yeah, I got a few tips here all right very complicated but good ones
2: but first give us your motivational quote
1: and the motivational quote is a project is complete when it starts working for you rather than you working for it and I always remember like owning businesses you know if you're not making money while you're sleeping something's wrong so that is a good tip
2: that is where we
1: are where are we actually
2: <laughs> where we be we, we be, be we be up to the market report
1: and there is the bell now inventory uptick signals more confident in sellers so certain places around the country all of a sudden are saying a little bit more inventory more homes are gradually coming on the market which is a hopeful sign that homeowners are finally warming up to the idea of selling according to some data from realtor.com the latest weekly housing report incremental upticks in available inventory is welcome news to home buyers struggling to find a property to purchase last week homes sold a full two weeks faster than the same period a year ago and were listed for an average of $38,000 more the report showed. That's insane. Home sales are shaping up for a record-breaking October. Record-breaking, I say. Agreed. There are so many buyers in the market right now that even the slight improvement we're seeing in inventory could push the numbers of the hold sold this month near mid 2,000 levels. Now, remember 2002, three, four, how crazy it was?
2: I was in high school, Mark. No, I don't. Yeah, let <laughs> <I> try. <tried. laughs>
1: if sky-high prices continue to lure more sellers in the market, it could prompt inventory rebound. We've been waiting for for a few years, which would be welcome news for frustrated buyers. Total inventory, though, is down 38% compared to a year ago. However, last week's numbers marked the fourth consecutive week that the number of homes for sale has stayed even or improved. The number of new listings on the market fell 5% compared to a year ago, also marked an improvement over last week when listings were down 7%. We're down, we are down in Philly 40% from a year ago in the amount of inventory. 40%. And... Homes are selling 13 days faster than they did this time last
0: year.
2: I don't even know how to comment. I mean, it's the inventory. Like I said last week, I have I have at least 50 people pre-approved, ready to go, ready to move in, and can't find a house. And they've put six, seven, even eight offers in on houses.
1: Those two last lines our media should be talking about. I mean, the majority of philadelphians and the philly metro sellers have no clue that it's this low and they're selling that fast if they would only know there would be a lot more on the market Realtors listed the home here's an example 450 in haverton on Mon- havertown on monday four offers later the house was under contract by wednesday night
2: without a doubt
1: that's the way we're, we're at the normal market paused a bit in september as families transitioned into the square but historically low interest and desire for more space because of the pandemic have fueled uh have like wiped that out right. and we've been busy 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 and i i don't see things slowing down at all anytime soon it's going to well, be straight through straight, straight through christmas the election's not affecting it nothing
2: you know what mark it's funny that you say that because right now i'm in the like i'm redoing my website i'm ramping up my marketing i you know, and everybody's like, well, why are you doing that? Because you're really busy right now. And it's we have to be prepared. I mean, it could go into the middle of 2021, but it, I, I have to make it more seamless. And right. people have to be more educated on what's going on.
1: And a big mistake small business people make, and realtors are small business people, you don't plan your uh, next year's Plan, business plan. You don't do it on Christmas or New, Year's, on Eve New as you're Year's Eve having right. a, gla- a glass of champagne. Right. You do it in October. This is the time when you make all your plans for 2021. Now, yep. not in de- de- December. So anyway, more than 1,900 more homes sold in September than sold at the same time last month, last year. Now, and this is all why this pandemic thing is going on. It's crazy. So the real estate market it's the savior to the economy i mean it is the one thing that's driving along the national economy and there's you know it's the bright spot bright spot as businesses are closed as, you know the bar and restaurant industry is still taking a hit because that's where most of the unemployed are
2: yeah you're right and and the thing with people buying the houses it goes to the home depots the the contractors the home inspectors the appraisers i mean you know, our industry, Touch Wood, and thank God, you know, is extremely busy and it's trickling down to the other businesses. That's right. Which is good, but it, we're still just taking such a major hit on the restaurant. And it's just, it's so, so sad. It's so sad.
1: It's going to get better now. As soon as, soon as this election is going to be over, it's going to be full blast, pedal to the metal. So okay. tell us about the great rates.
2: Speaking of better, what's better than a 30-year fixed at 2.625%? Your 15-year, 2.625%. Your 30-year FHA, 2.75%. And it's, I can't stress enough, it's the most wonderful time of the year to refinance. I mean, we the refinance industry people are saving money this is the perfect time we're coming up to the holidays they can skip a payment they can get me a bigger gift it's just a win win all around
1: i know i'm i'm waiting to hear from summer's point that phone call uh, with the 609 extension the greatest <laughs> accountant in the world mr don devlin i want to refi <laughs> <laughs> I'll make I'm gonna call him and make sure he listens sunday so all right so with that you're listening to good news in real estate here on talk radio 1210 all positive all the time we'll be right
3: back
0: On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Casares and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive,
2: all the time.
1: So we're at Deanne...
2: We are up to Mark's funny story.
1: I heard you had a uh, listener call you and say that I should get better stories. Well, tell he just, her to he, send us some.
2: He <sighs> said it he said it was an upgrade and he could tell when I wasn't enamored. Oh, oh
1: it's hard maybe to Maybe you should tell the you. one
2: maybe, maybe you should tell the one before we got on the air.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> There's, that's the problem. There's I find some good ones, but you can't tell them right. tell them on the radio. All right, so anyway, well, tell us this one. This couple move in right, and they got a, a, a little kid, and he's going to start first grade, and the teacher's having problems with him, and so she asked little Johnny. She said, "What's what's the your problem?" He goes, "I'm too smart for first grade." He goes, "My sister's in third grade, and I'm smarter than her too." so and he's like argues with the teacher so the t- teacher takes him to the principal's office explains the situation and once in a while there's a gifted kid like i got skipped fourth grade didn't help me in my further you know, down the road no but comment. i think it skipped anyway the principal told her that he would give johnny a test and if he failed he answer one of the questions and he'd have to go back to the first grade and, and be quiet so the teacher and johnny both agree. the principal says what's three times three Johnny says nine. Principal says, what's six times six? 36. And so it went on like that for a while. Principal asked him various questions. Third graders should know. And he knew all the answers. And he goes, well, I don't see any reason why Johnny can't go to third grade. He answered all my questions, right? So the teacher said, you know, let me give it a shot. Let me ask him some questions. And so the teacher says to Johnny, she goes, what does a cow have four of that I only have two of? He goes, legs. And the principal stand there he goes what do you have in your pants that i don't have and the principal is like getting a little nervous here principal gas but before he can stop stop from answering johnny says pockets teacher goes what does a dog do that a man steps in and uh johnny starts uh, uh no what does a dog do that a man steps into oh pants and he gets that right right so and then he says What starts with an F and ends with a K? It means a lot of excitement. And Johnny goes, fire truck. And the principal breathes a sigh of relief, and he goes, I'll put Johnny in fifth grade, because I got the last four of those questions wrong myself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was a little better. That That was was a little little better. better. A little better absolutely if you have a funny story you like to hear on our show send it to 8029 at comcast.net or give us a call at 267 266 and now it is
1: time for the mortgage mom segment with deanne Kat cyrus from green tree mortgage the mortgage mom and her topic today is protection fraud during COVID 19 pandemic
2: you never let me down, Mark. You never I'm let you, me down. i very
1: consistent.
2: Of screwing it up. It's called <laughs> fraud protection during yeah. COVID-19 pandemic.
0: That was close.
2: <laughs> yep, yep, close. All right. So you know that this is very, um, I'm very passionate about identity protection, fraud protection, and just overall um, security issues with all of our identity, whether right. it's your social security number, your credit report, your credit cards, your medical information bureau, all of that information I am passionate about because I want to make sure that our clients are protected. And we have one of the best companies um, with us to be able to do that. And it's ID Shield versus, um, not versus, but also along with um, Legal Shield. And, you know, consumer protection and fraud prevention, it continues to be critical during this ongoing pandemic. And technology is an integral part of the daily life as more of us are working remotely and we're engaging in distant learning. We're purchasing products and services online. We're conducting financial business virtually. And that includes all the real estate transaction. And unfortunately, there are criminals who are using this time of crisis to harm others by engaging in the identity theft, the spoofing, the phishing scams, imposter scams and there's more. all kinds and,
1: of stuff going on
2: yeah as i mentioned i mean i got a very legit email from it looked like my hr department um which we only have one person in the hr department so i knew it wasn't them that told me that um that i was being let go because i didn't answer certain <laughs> questions and you know i knew that that was just complete fraud and made me laugh but I've
1: I've been—I'll be honest with you—I get so much every day in my email of things that they look like they're from Comcast. They look like they're from some company, and then you look at the end of the email, and it's not like Comcast.com or .dot net. It's something else. But if you click on a lot of that stuff, you're opening yourself. You're done.
2: Yep, you're absolutely done. So many of the tactics that these criminals use remain the same. And the pandemic has changed the nature and the scope of some of these scams. So government imposter scams that prey on the hardships, many of them were factoring on the rise due to the government assistance that was provided in various of the federal stimulus bills. So these types of scams occur when criminals contact individuals, posing as the government agents from various federal and state agencies, seeking to obtain personal and financial information, in exchange for offering assistance with the stimulus payments and whether the other it's thing that, that's
1: going on right now too and mention this for all of our senior listening listeners tons and tons of medic because it's october and you can change your medicare there's right. so much so much scamming going on
2: Yep. yeah it's and it's a shame and it's the elderly that are really getting take advantage of but um, but with the, with what's going on now, it's everybody. I mean, the identi- the identity theft is up 75 percent. Wow, 75 percent. So the charity scams are also increasing as imposters contact individuals, impersonating you know representatives from re- reputable charities, seeking donations and other personal information from individuals. And like we just said, the medical scams are increasingly um, given the public health crisis. Criminals are posing as healthcare professionals or medical staff yep. in an effort to gather personal information from individuals.
1: That's why so, I have I have a great bookkeeper, and she sees anything that's weird. She calls me. Like I just bought actually software package to do videos, and right? uh, she called me right away. What's that? What's that? You know. Yeah. Plus, I have Legal Shield. I don't worry about this too much because I have had that Legal Shield for what. 10 years yeah and so i'm not so i'm not so scared about giving out my phone number and my email address because people ask me doesn't that make you nervous and i say no
2: look i mean the bottom line is we can't prevent identity theft okay but we can protect you against it so getting alerts monitoring your credit um having an app on your phone that you can downline download and hit an emergency button and somebody picks up the phone within 90 seconds and quarantines your entire personal um, persona. But the scammers are targeting victims by contacting them online or email or even by phone calling or texting and even by the mail. So many bad actors are closely monitoring social media and online profiles and using individuals as a way to track behavior and determine their trends. Yeah. So these scams affect people of all ages, races and backgrounds. And unfortunately yeah, As I said there's no way to completely stop criminals from engaging, you know, in these in these scams, but consumers can be aware and vigilant. The government agencies, you know, contact individuals primarily by the by postal mail, right? All right. So it's rare for a government entity to contact an individual via phone or email. But it's, yeah, you're not going
1: to get a call from the IRS.
2: Right. It's also best for consumers to verify and screen all calls, emails. So if they're asking you all this pertinent information to verify who you are when right. they called you, you know there's an issue. Yeah. But doing fraud prevention education and consumer awareness, they're the key ways to combat this fraud. Against, against all of these schemes, and there are several government agencies that are committed to informing and protecting the interests of, co- interest of our consumers. So if you have questions, please call me, 609-605-7153. I will point you in the right direction, help answer some questions, but most of all, make sure that you're protected and aware of what's going on. The other thing I want to mention, Mark, is I'm so excited to be redoing my website, MortgageMom.net. It's not going to be ready for probably about another month, but I'm going to have the online chat there where people are going to be able to contact me directly, ask questions, apply online, and they're going to be able to get all of the podcasts from our radio show there. So that's MortgageMom.net. Again, give me a call, 609-605-7153.
1: You hired somebody good to do that, right?
2: I hired an amazing company that's doing that. Um, I've also partnered up with uh, with Dr. Lou, so it's been uh, the guy's amazing, and I'm real excited really about it.
1: Because that's eighty percent. I have a 80. great web guy that does my site, and we're doing the same thing. Because now my school is statewide, and Congratulations. we're upgrading our site, and we're making some moves, though.
2: Yeah, that was a good
1: segment. And I hope everybody pays attention to that because this is not going to slow up all the way to the new year. They're going to keep trying. Agreed. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back.
0: Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. And I'll tell you, Deanne, that was a great segment you just had. That was very informative. So where are Thank we at? You, Mark.
2: Where are we Speaking at? Speaking of being informative, we are up to our question and answer segment. And our first question is, is paying 6% to sell a home required?
1: You know, this is a good question. It's actually, if you remember in your real estate uh, test when you got your license, you're not allowed to uh, fix prices. So if some broker in the area is trying to fix prices and says everybody should charge 6%, that is against the law. 6% is usually office policy. Then you can ask for it, but it's negotiable. You know, if you're, going to, if you're selling a $250,000 house in the Northeast, probably they're going to convince you to listen for 6%. If you're selling a $5 million house uh, right outside the city, your chances are you're not getting full 6%. But uh, it's negotiable. Now, some people will pay 6% because if you, if you don't ask the answers. No. Exactly. So, uh, when I go in, I charge 6% and if they say, well, we're already paying for, I say, well, it was nice meeting you, but like, they're not paying 6% for me just to put a sign on the loan. They're paying for my knowledge and, and my time. So, but you're not required. It's negotiable. What's the next one?
2: The next question is, do discount agents provide the same service as more expensive agents?
1: Now this is a good timing for this question too because there are discount agents popping up everywhere. The real estate industry is booming. Everybody knows it's going to, knows it's going to be booming for the next 4 or 5 years and there is brokers coming out of the woodwork with all kinds of things. Well, on TV I have been seeing them we'll sell your house for 2% 2%
2: right yeah
1: and then that's the teaser stuff the same with the mortgages I will give you a 2% great some guy in California then you end up at the table and some some other guys in California Paying six in, points yeah and six points so you, you end up getting what you pay for uh, and usually there's a lot less service when it's discount agents There's one that all you pay for is, they put you on the MOS, they list your house on the MOS and they charge you, but you don't have nobody helping you. You're kind of on your own, so be careful. My best advice is you use somebody that somebody else used, a referral. Or if you have an agent that's a good agent, and they call you every year a couple times a year and stay in in touch with you like agents should do. Every realtor should call you four times a year if they're your agent and keep you up to speed with what's happening with the market. If you don't have a realtor, you should meet one and tell them I wanna hear from you four times a year and keep me informed. That's the way you get a good agent. What's the next one?
2: That's good advice and they, they should absolutely do that. The yeah. next question is why is my home's assessed value different than the market value?
1: Now this used to be really weird in Philly because remember a few years ago, they went from millage to market value? Yep. And nobody knew what millage meant. <laughs> and they would look <laughs> at their house and it would be like, uh, their house was worth $250,000 and the millage was like 15600 Like what? <laughs> so now they're to a market value system. But even the market, like my house, my mark, uh, according to the city tax rolls, they're missing about about a hundred and forty grand off of what the what the city has me assess that, and what market value would be on my. But that's house.
2: what you're paying taxes on too, is your assessed value.
1: Right. That's right. That's so right. So th- I wouldn't stir up too many. Well, uh... actually, I I'm overtaxed since the AVI. I believe I am. But you're, that's no, why there's I'm a difference. No, I'm overtaxed. Well, well, you want to live in Voorhees next to uh, <laughs> the Eagles, and uh, how's that working out?
2: <laughs> I have the Eagles paying me now to live next door to me because they're so bad.
1: I know. <laughs> All right. But that's the, anyway, that's the difference between assessed value and market value. What's the next one?
2: How can I figure out how much my home is worth?
1: Well, there's a couple ways, and don't listen to Uncle Harry and the neighbor around the corner. Uh, you're bringing an agent. Uh, if you're got, if it's in your head that you're thinking about selling, you bring in an agent, let them do a market analysis for you, CM, CMI, CMA, CMA yep. and they look at what's sold, I start at a tenth of a mile. From the house, tenth of a mile. I work my way out, two tenths of a mile, half a mile, mile. It's according to what your neighborhood's like, of what's sold, what's pending, what's under contract, and you won't know exactly what the actual sales price is for the ones that are pending because until it settles, until it actually settles, right? And but you also want to look at actives to see which a lot of agents don't do because that's the competition. So you want to look at those three things, actual solds within the last, I start out within the last six months, within a tenth of a mile, and I work my way out to a year. And if you're in a, in a neighborhood like yours where there's all gigantic mansions, oh, and there's, right. no, and there's <laughs> only one every half mile, then you got to go out a couple miles, you know? Sure. But in my neighborhood, there's like seven houses on my block, so you can go a little closer, so.
2: You the know. convent, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, the convent. The convent's worth getting, <laughs> he worth a lot of money. It's surprising. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I was just it's talking a shame to you can't about refi the convent. Yeah, good. Rub it in, <laughs> Mr. Devlin. <laughs> so anyway, I would hire an agent, and if you really want to get a really good opinion, but I think it's a waste of money unless you're going to go in the market, you could hire an appraiser for a couple hundred bucks, and they'll come in and do an actual appraisal. But... A Real estate agent could do the job for you
2: Absolutely, the they one? should be able to do it. Yeah. The next question is it is is it okay to decorate my home for Christmas holiday? When selling in November and December?
1: Yeah, and well I'm gonna do a topic on this Because we uh, you know, we usually do a topic around the holidays around this time of year. Good, yep. Is it a good time to sell? Yeah, it's okay, but you know what don't go crazy like my wife sometimes You know, God bless her. You guys are
2: such Scrooges.
1: She goes nuts, man, with the decorations where, like, you
0: know, I I got a a
1: with all these windows and everything's covered. I can't see out the doors. I mean, it's like, you know. Every
2: time it comes to Christmas decorating, Pete's like, oh, good, because we can throw some more stuff out. Like, I'm not throwing anything out. I just bought three more bags of stuff.
1: yeah now here, here's the point though if you're going to be listening to your house decorate it tastefully but don't have it cluttered don't go crazy you know you don't need the sand and and the, the reindeers in the living room you know i mean it's like do it sensibly so because these people are going to want to visualize their this house is their house so and they might
2: not celebrate christmas
1: that's true <laughs> That, well, that is true. Like in there's certain parts of my neighborhood, we can tell who does and who don't because there's no lights up.
2: <laughs> right, right.
1: But or you they know, move to Florida.
2: They're boy, spending they Christmas Florida, in Florida, like, like
1: New York. I heard it's up to six hundred a day. It's getting worse in New York, moving. And last week I mentioned there was ten thousand condos for sale. I heard that number's up too. That there are fleeing that town. Wow. So. Good questions. Good questions, Mark. That was some good questions there.
2: Yep. So what's coming up next? Coming up next is going to be our topic of the day, and it's essential real estate investing tips from successful investors. All
1: right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. all the time. So where are we at, Ms. Katsaris?
2: Mr. Cumberland, we are up to our topic of the day, which is essential real estate investing tips from successful investors.
1: And I know a lot of successful investors, and I ask around, and I got a lot of opinions but I I'm gonna do this pretty quickly because we don't have a lot of times but one number one is find rental prop- properties in emerging neighborhoods Now, so rental properties represent a great way to get involved with the real estate investment and emerging neighborhoods now where's an emerging neighborhood in Philly name number one emerging neighborhood in Philly
2: you have Fishtown Kensington there's a ton of them
1: Kensington Fishtown's not emerging that's already merged <laughs> Merged. emerging and still Kensington. growing fish Kensington is number one in Philadelphia and and they're buying it up like wildfire they are the kind of on the fringe places that you want to kind of try to get that you can still get that buy that's going to maximize uh, your cost. I actually had an investor told me last week that it's impossible to buy a good investment property in Philadelphia I was like dude you're not like looking hard enough And then another one, number two, is diversifying investment. It's commonly preached that the best real estate investment is the one in your backyard. While there's merit to understanding the area in which you're investing, I believe that you're truly limiting your profitability potential by only considering a small geographic area. Now, I knew a guy one time, and I sold all of his houses in a one-pay package. He bought in the Northeast from the and Boulevard to Castor Avenue from Caster down to Devereux, from Devereux Road to the Boulevard in a big square. He owned 55 houses in that square. Wow. And right in the middle of it, there used to be like a house that had a a bottom basement that used to be like a doctor's office and that's where he put his office. And that's how he managed his 55 properties. Very smart guy. And he sold all 55 of them in one shot. In one shot. And the point of this is though, look at other cities. Like what's the big deal? if you buy a a quad in pittsburgh and it's got a really good cap and you're making money and you hire a property manager out in pittsburgh to manage it and you get a check and a profit and loss every month why turn that down right right and then here's another big mistake don't over rehab just because it's an investment property it doesn't have to have the top of the top countertops and everything else i mean I think it's a good idea to make them really nice and modern but you don't need the most expensive everything it's okay to budget in Philly I guarantee it you, you are not gonna have problems getting tenants I mean you there's people looking for places to rent so yeah, and you, you don't have to, you don't have to go crazy on your budget because the, what's point the is to make money
2: what's the percentage where do we get- 37 40 percent of philly rents. 40
1: and and, and there's a ton of them looking to rent coming from new york and everywhere the place else jersey all these high-tax states number four don't over leverage yourself you can be very successful for a long time and still go broke like if every rental was mortgaged to the hilt, and you and you keep some of your you you want to keep some of your rentals free and clear. Some of them finance, and then you have a good mix of safety in case something happens with the economy. Do it right. And the longer, uh, the fewer than expected vacancies or dips in your cash flow, that could end your career. You could end up bankrupt. So you want to be careful. You don't want to be, you know, always leveraged to the hilt. And another one that a lot of people overlook is they don't look at single family rentals. Single family homes are great rental incomes. Like you rent it, you have one in my neighborhood, you own a single family house to rent out, you're probably going to get 2 to 3 grand or maybe more a month on a single family rather than a duplex because now they these are people that could not afford to buy that house, but they want to live in a single family home. Historically, it's a great investment, but some investors don't look at single family homes. They always just look at the de- duplexes. And if you get the single family home for the right price, you could be making money out of the gate. Here's the, we're running out of time, but do your homework before you go be paid for a lot of listeners and uh, a paid advisor and go to too many classes and spend thousands, you know, the classes. The first one's free, the second one's 250. The next one's eight grand. And then, you know, there's a lot of that going on. That's almost like the fraud that you were talking about. I shouldn't say that, but some of them are really good, and some of them are just out to make their money, or else they'd be doing what we're talking about, and they wouldn't be bothering teaching that class at that holiday inn. (laughs) Anyway, and then number number seven, maintenance issues. Nipping in the bud. You get a call about something, you walk through, you take a look, you get it fixed. If a pipe's leaking, get things done before they turn into big problems. Save you a lot of money. Like they have that program at Philly now for uh, the water service line and your sewer line for $90 a year. I've been trying to get these people to be a sponsor. And they—it's I don't know what they are, hard-headed or what. I mean, we reach <laughs> a lot of people. But like for $90 a year. If my weeping willow tree wraps around my sewer line, that's six grand to go to the street. That's your responsibility. Same with the water service line. So join a network, a group of investors. There's plenty of them. There's I belong to a few on Facebook in Philly. Hapco. There's a bunch of investor groups. Uh, I don't. I want to. I don't want to name them all. But those people and like our friends at uh, Larry and Phil that do their show on right. uh what's it called their show called the investor brokerage like all their all their people they have their own investor school and they own a brokerage that are all investors for a real estate person an investor gets a real estate license hangs their license with Larry and Phil and they're and now they just network and then all these kind of things that come up with a new investor you got somebody to mentor you that's like great you know You can't even pay for that kind of. That's
2: what you need. You need the support. You need to make sure that you have a mentor. Get a few under your belt because there's a lot of nuances that people don't know. So that's right.
1: And every every real estate class that I do, everyone has a couple people. They don't want to be realtors. They want to be investors. They want to be investors, right? They want to have a license. And then you know I got to be careful with state law. But you know I tell them to check Larry and Phil out on Facebook and talk to them. So.
2: Good segment, Mark.
1: That was quick and sweet. We could talk more about that, but we're running out of time. So where are we at, Dan?
2: So Mark, we are up to our Dr. A segment, which is we're on part four of Why Teams Work.
3: Hey, how are you, doctor? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Very, very <laughs> good here up in Philadelphia. We're doing awesome.
1: And uh, I, I had a couple people i have been... Telling them about this series we've been doing, that are working on teams. So pick it up where we left off last week. We're at working on teams, part four. So where do you want to start today? What we're
3: doing now, yeah, we're we're talking about what the leader's role is to make sure that the teams work, um, and and it's several things I want to cover regarding that. My list actually has fourteen different things. We've already talked about the, some of them on on the previous shows. Uh, But one of the things for sure that that leaders need to do to make the team work is they need to promote creativity and new ideas and innovation of their staff. In other words, letting their staff take a risk and maybe make a mistake without criticizing or overly criticizing the mistake. That's really crucial because a lot of times people keep keep great ideas to themselves because they're afraid they're going to be criticized.
1: It's true. That's like why why people in a, you know, the S&C personalities in a conference room, they all sit there with their arms crossed. In the meantime, you might be missing some great ideas because they don't think nobody wants to hear from them or they're going to get criticized.
3: Right. Or that the boss, you know, has criticized people or made some somebody an example in front of the group before so that'll just shut down the group for sure the, yeah. the, the, one of the ways to promote that you know because everybody says there are a lot of people say be a creative and new ideas. what you need to do is you need to to actually reward those comments and and it doesn't have to i mean as you guys remember when we talk about motives we're not just talking about money because right. money motivates some people but there's so many other ways to motivate people that are much more effective and more cost effective as well. I mean, for example, somebody does a great idea. Hey, that is fantastic. Um, you know, I appreciate that. You know, let's see how we can make that work. You know, feedback, immediate feedback, and the faster the feedback and the more verbal and with passion and reassuring that it's actually appreciated and the feedback is, is, is true positive feedback. You know, the more, impact it has. And I'll just give you an example. I was just doing a, a teams program before this today um, right. and uh, somebody else was there and he's he's with them for a whole day going over the teams. My part was to show them how to use the disk with their teams. So how did I lead it off? I praised this other guy who's doing the theme, team session. Now, I also do team sessions and I could have been sarcastic. I could have been negative. I could have not said anything. But I'm gonna praise this other guy there because they hired him. I was told they hired him because he's really good. And so let me, let me be positive with him. So what happened later on in my presentation? He's coming back and helping me sound better as well. You know, right, so I took the lead to help him sound good, because he is good, and he did the same exact thing for me. And if I hadn't started it, what would have been the likelihood that he would have done the same thing? He
1: probably Probably wouldn't have done that, and they would have all just sat and listened. That's like the same as saying always thanking. Like, every time I talk to one of my teachers, I I say, thank you. That, That kind of stuff goes a long way.
3: Absolutely, absolutely, right? Now, the other thing to keep in mind, is you need to reward the type of behavior that you want. Some people just reward behavior. Some people, you know, give people positive regard uh, when, when they really don't deserve it or they are too overzealous or too enthusiastic when they really didn't deserve it. So you need to make sure that the level of reward is appropriate to what the person is doing. Especially when you're doing it in front of other people, because that's where politics comes in. And that's where favoritism starts to be perceived, because you're over generous with one person who's doing something and you're under generous with somebody else who's doing something very similar.
1: All right. We're going to have to leave it at that, doctor. So tell everybody how to get a hold of you.
3: All they need to do is go to www.abelson.net, and they definitely want to enroll in our free webinars on teams if they like what they're hearing over our last several sessions. All
1: right. Very good. All right. Thanks, Dr. Ray.
2: Thanks, Dr. Ray. Thanks, guys. Catch you guys later. All right. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at dnkitzaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153.
1: And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week and our sponsors for keeping us on the air. We have room for another sponsor if you want to get involved. And you can listen to this show and the past shows at goodnewsrealestate.com and also at uh, WPHT website. And so with that... Have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland.
2: I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom.
1: You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, 1210
0: WPHT. All, all positive. positive all, all the time. All time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre recorded.
2: When we make a profit, you see it better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community all the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.